day. But we won't do that today. Maybe we'll do another week. Well, I'm glad everyone is here ready to worship the Lord this afternoon. Uh, and I love that song. Uh, as we was thinking about where to put it in in the service, it was like, okay, let's, let's, let, let's do this before we get into the Word. Because how important it is for us to remember who is the great provider, right? Sometimes we think we're that person. Sometimes we think it's, it's our job, but it's God. He allows us to have what we have, and all I can say is amen to that. Well, I'm glad you're here worshiping with us today if you're visiting, uh, if you're visiting from out of town uh, or are here locally. We're glad that you stopped in to worship our wonderful God uh, this afternoon. And if you guys can turn with me to Psalm chapter 119. Last week, we had a powerful sermon by Mr. Derek Vett, our region leader. And he broke down for Father's Day just the, the idea of the prodigal son parable that Jesus told in Luke 15 and was kind of hypothesizing on where did Jesus get the background for that story. And that brought him to Psalms 119 in verse 66. And one of the things I wanted to do for us today is have a continuation from what we had last week as we looked at Psalm 119. Because as I was looking through and, and going through this for my quiet time, it was very convicting about what the writer there in Psalms was really embracing. And here in Psalm 119, I would just want to focus on verse 66 here. The writer says, teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. He says, teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. Who do you think that your was that he was talking about? God's commands. Not man's commands, not our own commands, but our God in heaven. And I think about this question. Does knowledge always lead to good judgment? It doesn't, don't it? That would be nice, right? That would be very nice if that was the case. But unfortunately, sometimes we stop at knowledge and don't continue through in having good judgment. And knowledge is at our fingertips. Think about technology. We can have almost anything knowledge-wise that we want. You know, my, my kids, uh, we were watching uh, Full House. Y'all remember that show Full House from back in the day? Yeah, I remember it too. I remember it too well now because they love it. But uh, Little, Rich, Little Richard was on the show one of the times. There's a one show they was doing a, a fundraiser and Little Richie came and showed up. And they were like, who is that guy? I like I would have asked the same question. I like who is that guy? You know, he has so much character. And it was like, okay, we we want to know how old he is. Cuz little Richard, he had one of those guys that you like, I'm not sure how old he is. I don't know if we the same age. I don't know if he's older than me. I'm not sure. But what do we end up doing? Hello Google. And we find out that he was 80 something years old, little Richard, and he's still alive, which that's the part that baffled me. Sorry, little Richard. 
But I say that because almost anything that we want to know, we can find out. Anything, anything, even as we study the Bible and you got different questions about what we read in the word of God. You have so many, we have so many resources. We have commentaries. We have Bible dictionaries. We got the online resources to get what we need. But as I mentioned before, and as you guys validated, knowledge doesn't automatically lead to good judgment. Now, I want to ask you guys this question. As you think about us in the U.S. in higher education, so education, you know, a bachelor's degree or more, a college degree, do you think, do you think we're at an all-time high in individuals that carry a bachelor's or more, that we're kind of right there at average in history in the past 60 years, or we're in an all-time low of individuals that carry an advanced degree as far as a bachelor's or more? What do you think? We think we're average, above uh, average, highest of all time, or do y'all think we're low? Highest of all time. Average. Above average. You think low? What you got over there, Trey? Oh, you're going up. Oh, low. You're going low. You're pointing up, but going low. I see what you're saying. I got you. I got you, Trey. Hey, Google, answer the question. We're at an all-time high. Over one-third of all American adults hold a bachelor, a higher degree. Then the next question is, do you think we're at an all-time high morally in our behavior? We're not. They don't, they don't carry the same weight. Just because we have more education doesn't necessarily mean we're going to use that education to make the right decisions. And as we see, if you look at the trend, if you look at the census over the past few decades, it's a continual trend where us, we're being more and more educated, but unfortunately going the other way with our behavior as if we're going, we're plummeting. I want to ask you guys this question. Just throw your hand in the air if you got a thought. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's any relationship between us being more educated as a people here in the U.S. and our moral decisions beginning to decline. If you got any thoughts, just raise your hand. Give me a quick thought. Go ahead, right here. Okay, so in the education system, they're preaching against, I don't even say preaching, but teaching, you know, against God and faith. Is that what you're going to say, Jason? Yes, it's the individual thing, turning our back on God. Jonathan. Kind of going off what she said, there's not actually like an education on morality. Right, so we're not even educated on morality. Dave. Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge puffs up. We, we start thinking too much of ourselves. Right here. It's not education, it's indoctrination. So it's more of a not educating so that you can make your right decision, this indoctrination. I'm going to teach you what to think. Right. So the noise even, 
right? We're so distracted by that access of information that we can't focus on the right thing, which is God. Because when you think about knowledge, you think about truth, truth comes from God. Man doesn't make up truth. It comes from the Lord. But then when you ask Google about it, is Google going to tell you that? (laughs) Is Siri going to say, Clint, you need to get truth from God, from the Bible? I never asked her that, but I I may do that uh, when I leave here and see what happens. But for sure, we have this conundrum where the more that we know, and uh, Maya actually touched on this uh, earlier. I was talking with uh, a few before we started service about how once you know more, we get the knowledge, it puffs up. Now the ideas that we have start to trump ideas that others have. So if we both have an idea because of, be it my education or my upbringing, I'm going to always defer to me as opposed to either the other person or more importantly, to God. And now we get this where we end up having, instead of this scripture being true of us, teach me knowledge and good judgment, we're like, just give me the knowledge and I'll make my own decisions. And that takes us to a scary place, doesn't it? Because as we turn on the news, as we look at the different feeds uh, on our cell phones, we see that more education is not equating to moral uprightness. So how can knowledge lead us to good judgment? Because not all knowledge is treated equally, right? It's a lot of things we know that it's really not benefiting us to know it, right? Like little Richard knowing how old he is, that's not going to help me when I go through the pearly gates one day, right? And that's not the question that Jesus or or Peter or whoever is going to ask me. He's like, so how old is little Richie for real? That's not going to happen, right? And sometimes we get indoctrinated, we get surrounded, we get consumed about knowledge that doesn't help us in our walk with God or helps us with our relationship with others. Instead of getting in the Word and let that lead us and let that knowledge from God be the one that we prioritize, we want to know the stats about Michael Jordan or LeBron James. But we want to know how many goals did Ronaldo score in the World Cup. All these things that, yeah, it helps with conversation with man, but it does not help with our relationship with God. So what do we do? As I think about the history of even our movement, the International Churches of Christ, you know, that's one thing we have very, and that we continue to hold very tightly to, is to really have accurate teaching. We want to know that Jesus is not just Jesus. Jesus is both Lord and Jesus is the Savior. It is not just one or the other. Because we can get pharisaical when he's just Lord. But then we can be all faith and no actions when he's just Savior. So we keep that very close to each other. But then also one of the bedrocks that we build this foundation of our fellowship of church is that We're not just going to be the casual Christian. We're not just going to be the cultural Christian, but instead we're going to follow Jesus Christ. Amen? Because it's definitely a difference, right? 
It's the difference between someone who's following Jesus and letting Jesus' knowledge be our knowledge, which turns to our actions, and someone that's just a card-carrying church member, right? Someone that shows up. I'm always going to sit right here on the edge. That's my, my seat. I may not. I may talk to someone. I may not. I may even read my Bible. I may not. And we end up having a casual Christianity. But we built this this congregation, when we took the word of God and the church that Jesus built through his apostles, we was like, no, we will not be casual Christians. We will not be cultural Christians, but we will follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. What else? We know that baptism is not just an outward expression of an inward face, faith. It was an opportunity for us to go through the death and the resurrection that that Jesus that we follow, he went through. We get an opportunity to not bat. That means we're not getting baptized every year here. We're not getting baptized every five years. We're not getting baptized every time we sin because we know that Jesus, he died once. He was raised. And for us, the same thing. We die to ourselves, and we get to raise to be with Jesus. So we have all this, we have this knowledge, right? We have these different things. We have the great commandment. We got the great commission. Now the real question is, is we know these different things. And some of us, if you don't know them, sit down with the friend who brought you. Because these are essential to our walk with God. These are essential for us following Jesus. But the true question is, are we living out these principles? And that's not just the question for you guys. That's the question for me as well. Am I living a life where Jesus is both Lord and Savior? Am I living out the greatest commandment where I love God more than anything else? Where I'm loving my neighbor as I love myself? And the great commission where I'm going out and sharing the faith that God has given me to others so that they can have an opportunity to know about that provider that was sung about earlier. We got a high calling, church. We got a high calling that doesn't stop at knowledge, that doesn't stop at intellect, but must continue to go to good judgment and action. Amen? Amen. So what do we do with this? What do we do? How do we not stop at knowledge and have knowledge puff up as opposed to letting it lead to a life of Jesus. Here in Psalms chapter 119, verse 80. So the next stanza, the writer says this, May my heart be blameless towards your decrees, that I may not be put to shame. Or another a translation, May I wholeheartedly follow your decrees that I may not be put to shame. Church, we're, we're always at a crossroads. We're at a time where we can learn more, or we can learn more and wholeheartedly follow it. We're at a time where as we get older, and I definitely feel this, raising two kids, is that I just want to just stay at my house. 
Can I just be holy in my house? Can I, can I just be holy in my house? Is that all right? Can I just sing songs in my house, Casanova? <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? And instead of getting out there and living the life that God has called me to, and us living the life, we, we want to just keep our Christianity all to ourselves, Just right here. Instead of being invested, not only to God, but to his people. Instead of being invested to others that are around us. You think about that term, wholeheartedly. That means everything. That means not just Sunday and the occasional Wednesday or maybe once a month on Friday getting together with disciples. It's being consumed. You know, I think about a fire, right? When, when, you, when you go and do a campfire, anything that goes into the fire, what happens? It wholeheartedly is a part of the fire in the end, right? And I mean, we probably got a couple of pyromaniacs in this that you're like, hey, this is, this is my wheelhouse now, right? Let's, let's do that. Let's have an example of what you're talking about, Clint. But when you get involved with fire, you're in it. You're there. It's not just partial anymore. And I think about that when it comes to us walking with Jesus, is that we're not just giving Jesus part of our life. We're not just giving Jesus part of our time because Jesus laid the foundation and gave us all of his life. He's not asking anything of me and you that he hasn't already done himself. So what will we do? What kind of crop? What are we going to do with this crossroads? And when I think about knowledge, I mean, you think about this year. I mean, we're in June already, right? Isn't that crazy? We're in June. We're halfway through the year. What have we done? We've done the Treasure Principle series here on Sunday where we're learning, learning how to give back to God first and not just to take care of our own needs first. We did the, the gospel series not, just, not too long ago where we looked at the first four books of the New Testament in Acts. The men, we did a stepping up series where we learned how to step up in our relationship with God so that we can step out and bring people in. We learned just a couple weeks ago that we need more overseers and more shepherds as we looked at Titus chapter 1. We need more people that are hospitable, that value self-control, that are blameless, that are living out the scriptures and calling others to do the same. The question is, what have we taken from those times, those series? What have we used to help us in our relationship and our walk with God? How has treasure principle helped you to be more consistent in your giving to God and his kingdom? Because it's not just something that we keep in our mind. It's something that's supposed to go to action, just like we was talking about before. Knowledge. We don't want to let it stop at knowledge. We want to have good judgment as well. Amen? The gospels, seeing how much Jesus loves us and how much he has poured into us and see how the Holy Spirit took the church in Acts and took it to a point where we get to worship that same God now that they worshiped then. 
How's that firing us up? I'll tell you this. We do have some people in this congregation that I specifically want to bring up who when they see a crossroads where they can do their own thing or God's thing, they're choosing God's thing. I think about the single adults that are here. You know, our singles ministry, they right up, up front. They A lot of them on our worship team. They are dedicated to living out the kingdom of God. They are dedicated. I was talking to uh, one of the brothers earlier. You know, the singles, they had Friday Night Live this past uh, Friday, a, a talent show. In the East region, which is our region, we represent it at that. Amen? We represent it and getting out there and showing what God has given us. And all the glory do get to God. Amen? But they don't stop there. One thing I do want to call out the, the single Bible talk leaders, both the guys and the girls, and how they, they truly do value mentorship. They want to learn from those that have went before them. They want to sit at you guys' feet and wonder, okay, how, how do I be a Christian in the workplace? How do I be a disciple around my family? And they want to learn. And I want to call them up because when they came to that crossroads to being selfish, they're like, okay, why don't I just Google all this information? They're like, no, I'm going to do it the way God intended it. And I'm going to match up with some people before me. Amen. I think about our outreach, you know, reaching out to those that are less fortunate to us. We had an opportunity this year. We had the MLK Day of Service where we served in five different sites around our metroplex just here in our region of the city. But we also continued to go. Uh, Camera, uh, she had set up another, another single, along with Nikki Neese and uh, Sadie Trent, uh, who was here at the, the service before. They spent this last week running a vacation Bible school for one of the local recreational centers in Garland. Just getting in there. I mean, they had up to 40 kids in one day, and about an average, about 30 to 35 kids. And even um, Lisa, you know, she's studying the Bible to become a disciple. She's like, I'm going to be there every day. Mama, can you drop me off? Mama said, I'm going to drop you off so that you can serve and be like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Our outreach, we came to that crossroads where I can give time to myself or I can give my time to others. And people are choosing others. Our small groups are prioritizing one another relationships. You know, we got one group who's reading the book, Crossing the Lines, where they're learning how to really intermingle with those with different cultures than us. How do you take that to another level? And and this is frankly something that we're going to take to the rest of our congregation here before the end of the year. Because we all have different backgrounds. And we're not just because uh, I'm African-American and you're something else. Some of us African-Americans got different background, right? We're like, no, Clint, I didn't grow up like you, brother. I didn't grow up like you. And we need to learn and continue to exercise the diversity we have in God's kingdom and show people that that's all right. Right. It's all right that we have diversity because we learn things that we would not have learned if it was just me and my family. We have plenty of examples like these of crossroads that we've been in, where we can take this knowledge and bring it over to good judgment and good sound decisions. 
And frankly, guys, we're leading the way in the, the Christian world when it comes to really living out the Bible. I'm here to tell you guys, that's, that's not stop, amen? We still got much work to do. We still have much, many more communities that need Jesus. We need youth like we had the opportunity to serve with the Vacation Bible School. We got different people that we can reach out to and to help them. I mean, I remember serving one day. I was talking to one of the kids, uh, little Diego, um, 10-year-old. I mean, just, just one of those firecracker boys, you know. There's a lot of those boys out there that are firecrackers, aren't they? It must be part of the DNA. But I was talking, and he just saw fit to just tell me how his mom and dad were doing spiritually. And unfortunately, they weren't doing too well. They were going through a divorce. And he knew why they were going through a divorce as a 10-year-old. He knew the background of what was happening. And he saw the destruction that it was happening with his family and his siblings. Guys, it's people that are waiting for me and you to speak up. To figure out how I was supposed to make this marriage thing work. How I was supposed to make this thing work that we call life. And guys, not only do we have the knowledge, we've been able to put it into practice that we can share with confidence and let people know not only the truth, but how it can set them free. If you guys could turn with me to Titus 3 just to, to end out. Because as I mentioned before, we're here at a crossroads. As our congregation, as we continue to get older, the, I mean, the thing that we have to battle with and struggle with is not getting more and more comfortable. And more and more comfortable in just doing what we want to do. But I've been preaching uh, the past couple weeks over Titus. And I want to end with this because it gives us some, some juicy morsels, some nuggets for us to take with us as we close out today. Here in Titus chapter 3, verse, verse 3 through 8, Paul writes to Titus, At one time you two were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. And this is one of the, the most beautiful butts that are out there right here. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of our righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by his grace we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what? Doing what is good. Amen. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Paul lays it out. Paul says that if we're grasping on to Jesus, if we're grasping on to his mercy, if we're grasping on to his grace, it's going to be profitable for us. 
And it's much different than higher education, right? Now, I don't know how many of you guys where you got your bachelor's or you got your master's or you got this certification, and we're still sometimes looking for a job, right? You're like, wait, I paid all this money and I don't have a job yet? It's like, what? Something is wrong. Something is wrong, David, right? But when it comes to our walk with God, what we put in, we're going to get something back in return. Not only is it going to be excellent, but Paul said it's going to be profitable for everyone. And he said that trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things. So these are some things that we need to stress in our own lives. The trust that we have for God and the devotion to doing what is good. The things that we're learning, the things that you're taking notes on right now, being able to take that and not let it stay there on your paper, but to manifest into your mind and your heart. For, a lot, for not it to be just head knowledge, but it be a transformed life. My question for all of us, what's your next move? What is God telling you? What is God showing you when it comes to the knowledge that you have about him? What is he trying to tell you about the knowledge you have of what this is? Because we know this is from God. If you don't think it's from God, please sit down with someone and figure out why they think it's from God. Because I tell you, it has eternal ramifications. We all have an opportunity to make this next move. What is it going to be? What is it for you? Maybe for some of us, it's just repenting in areas that we know we need to repent of. Areas of selfishness or pride, impurity, deceit. What is God telling you? Maybe it's, I just need to start reading my Bible because I haven't been reading it. It hasn't been priority for me. You know, I'm a freshman and Incoming freshman in high school, I was like, hey, I got my whole life ahead of me. Why well, do I need to read the Bible? God says, you can start right now. And I know it helped me because I had the opportunity to get baptized and become a disciple when I was 14. And I do not regret that one single bit. But be it you're 14 or you're 41, we have decisions to make. We have decisions to make when it comes to following our God. And the decision is, do we really want to be devoted to him? And just like that fire analogy earlier, when we devote ourselves to God, we're all in. And that could be scary, right? That could be scary. Be it the day you was baptized or even right now as you count the cost, it could be scary to go all in. Talk with somebody. Sit down with somebody and say, okay, how did you do it? How did you end up jumping in and let the word of God transform? Guys, we are at a crossroads where knowledge is at our fingertips. But God needs people that worship him in spirit and in truth. He needs people that's going to be trendsetters, that's going to point people back to his son, Jesus. And as we get the opportunity to take the bread and the juice right now, 
this, this is part of our next move. This is part of our humility, right? This is part of our good judgment, taking what we know and letting it turn in to good judgment and to action. So as we go to God and pray right now and think about what our next move, let's pray to God. If, you, if you're struggling about that next move that you need to make, let's pray. Are we taking this bread and juice? Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this afternoon, I thank you for giving us your good book. I thank you for giving us your word so that we can go back to it, that if we, we forget what we're here on earth for, we can go back to it. That we can get a knowledge that's based on truth, that's based on the creator of this world and not other people's opinions. We get an opportunity to not only have sound knowledge, but, but to be able to have sound judgment as well. I pray as we take this bread, as we take this fruit of the vine, that we can truly look inward to ourselves and see what, if something is holding us back, that we identify it, that you make it clear through your spirit. And for those that we, we've made the decision that you're Lord of our life, that we cling to that conviction and that good confession until you come bring us home one day. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for continually putting up with us so that we could see your face one day. I pray that we never take it for granted, this life that we have, because we never know when this life is going to be ended. But we thank you for each minute, each hour, each day, each week, each year that you give us. I pray for our next move to be one where you're leading us and we're not trying to take the lead. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.